Hey listeners, Jarek here. Stay to the end of the episode to hear what the girls were talking about before they were interrupted. Enjoy! I definitely have seen that one. I thought you were first going to talk about the little... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Listening to the Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm the one who's here to murder Hannah Parch. <laughs> Got really scared when you did that little <laughs> jump. <laughs> no, because no, you, you, you have to guess what your clue is. <laughs> I, I couldn't keep it up. I couldn't breathe under there. <laughs> You didn't bring your prop with you. I got it. I couldn't come back around. Imagine that he's holding a pumpkin. <laughs> I was going to say the Headless Horseman. Yes. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I, I would like Ooh. my shoe, please. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. I have not been holding my wine glass this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> because I told him to... I told him, I was like, as soon as we close the door, just go around and like just go ahead and do it. I didn't know it was going to take that long. Yeah, I had to transfer all this stuff from my car into your car so I can leave. <laughs> I was like, this should be some good lull time. Oh, then I stood out gosh. there and I like zipped it up and I was like, well, I can't see anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't breathe. I gotta do this quick. Then <laughs> I was like, oh, think? fuck, I forgot the pumpkin. <laughs> Would you like some more water? <laughs> <laughs> At least the dogs came to the rescue. Did they? I heard yeah. Scooby oh. bark. Yeah. All right, enjoy. Ooh. I'm really going to lose this time. Thank you. All right. Hi. Hello. Trust is gone. <laughs> you look ah. so bad. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I don't know why you weren't, like, video recording something. Is that why your camera was on on your phone? Because you were secretly going to record the reaction? Well, we are recording the audio. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. All right. Now. Oh, Kelly, come on. Go, girl. Go, girl. Go, girl. (sighs) All right. Off to those for real this time. Trust is gone, Jarek. Outside of the circle of trust. I literally been so on edge this whole time. I also don't think I've ever seen you look madder. And right after that happened, I was like, "Oh no, we actually pissed her off." Oh my gosh! Stress is not good for me right now. It's not stress; it's excitement. It's to get your heart rate up. Oh, yeah, no, jumpy scares are those the ones that definitely get me. (laughs) Oh, I was a little worried he was going to, like, get the door stuck and it wasn't going to be scary, so I'm glad it was scary. (laughs) I mean, it definitely would have still scared me if somebody, like, was trying to barge into the door and it didn't open. Like, even if a, quote, headless person didn't barge in here, 
Still, the noise of the thumping of somebody throwing their body against the door <laughs> definitely would have startled me quite a bit, too. I could have played a... I could have double-crossed him and locked the door. I will be doing that every time <laughs> I come over now. Ooh, okay, sorry. I'm going to come over and install one of those motion detector floodlights right there so I can see when the light comes on outside. We're suddenly going to have a ring doorbell show up at our door, courtesy of you. But we're not going to have the code to actually see the, yeah. the video. Set it up and I'll send you the code later. I'll just get texts from you. Oh, okay, sorry. Are you ready to start? Oh, you started it. Well, you, it is no. on. <laughs> you have started this. Are you sure you're ready? I didn't know how else to give you a clue. <laughs> and then, Jarek, I gave him, fun fact, the shirt he's wearing was his anniversary gift. And he was putting it on and it got stuck. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you look like the headless horseman. Oh, you horseman. look like the headless horseman. I was like, wait, you could be the clue. <laughs> the starring role of tonight's episode. I was so scared of me holding my wine and just throw it all over my <laughs> computer. Oh my gosh. Right. What little jump. Like right now when I was like perked up to. Oh, I thought you were going to like try to make me mess up the <laughs> intro. <laughs> I noticed that you were already giggling and starting to lose a little bit. Wouldn't be the first time that I've messed up our actual intro. First time in a very long time though. This is true. Although I think about it every time mm-hmm. and I have to push it out of my brain while I'm talking because That's otherwise. Why I- Never look at you. I never look at you either. Yeah. If I'm, like, looking in your direction, I close my eyes. Oh, my gosh. Well, now I'm living in fear because Katie is a vengeful god. And... Yes. But, spoiler alert, Katie guessed correctly what the today's episode's about. Yay me. <laughs> and my mild heart attack. It's fine. Good thing I'm going to a doctor's wedding this weekend so I can be like, hey, is it normal? Did it it break? You can be like, hey, my friend did a jump scare on me and I'm pregnant. Can I sue her for harm to the baby? It's a doctor, not a lawyer. Halfway through that rant, (laughs) it went out my head. But I think there's definitely lawyers there too. I don't know. Probably. Doctor's wedding. Doctors and lawyers and bears. Oh my. Oh my. Katie and I are both going out of town for weddings tomorrow. Katie looks significantly better than me tonight. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You're wearing a dress and cute spooky earrings and your face looks normal and your hair is not wet. I washed it last night and I did a face mask today. Oh. I literally washed my hair before you got here because I need it because I'm not washing it this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't washed it in a long time. So. Yeah. Gotta, gotta get that wash schedule together. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The wedding, like uh-huh. I said, it's for a doctor, and it's like a VIP black tie event, Ooh. except it's not really. It's just like that, okay. because you have to have your vaccine card to get in. <laughs> so it is fairly exclusive. And uh, I think Shelton and I, Shelton and I have at-home COVID tests, so mm-hmm. I think we got to have to do that tonight. Dang. Um, so we'll have our vaccine cards, and we'll do an at-home test, so we'll... Now... Be double good. Just saying, if you were a dishonest person, uh, you are married to a pharmacist who could potentially fake your vaccine cards. Just saying. I mean, I know that you wouldn't. But. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if he could, because I know that some are handwritten, mm-hmm. but some are stickered. 
So, like, oh. my first vaccine, I got at one pharmacy, and they hand-wrote it. And then second one, it was a sticker that they printed out of a label maker for the second one. Oh. Mine are both handwritten and also not done at pharmacies. And also, I remember thinking when I got mine, I was like, this seems pretty casual, mm-hmm. but whatever. I've got my card with me in case I don't think we'll need it. Yeah, I just have to text the groom a picture of my card. <laughs> I kind of love that. <laughs> it is yeah, Instead exclusive. of like an invite to get to a yeah. black tie event. Um, also, it's at a science museum. So Ooh. I'm going to have so much fun this weekend. I went to one. Uh, it was a reception that was at a, the Life and Science Museum in Raleigh. Very cool. Yeah. Very fun. Very excited about the science museum, especially since if I can't drink, I can at least go wander around and look at science <laughs> stuff. That actually is a bonus. Mm-hmm. The wedding I'm going to is in a Catholic church, and Ooh, Catholic weddings are rough. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. So, is it a like full Catholic wedding, like with the full mass and everything? I'm going to assume so because there's two hours between the wedding and the reception. Yep. So, Catholic wedding. I've been uh, drilling Jarek on like. How non-Catholics participate in a Catholic mass, which is that we don't. You just <laughs> we follow along, but you, you look around and you sit when others sit, you yeah. kneel when the others sit, and you stand when everyone else does. Yes, I have reiterated to him a few times. I'm like, we can't take communion. <laughs> you got to do the. But we also just finished watching Midnight Mass, so we're very Catholic in our brain right now. <laughs> and speaking of Catholics, my fr- my. First announcement is just a funny thing that one of our listeners sent us. So her name on Instagram is Turtle. <laughs> and she uh, she says she was listening to the JFK episode and all she could think of was this. It's a shirt and the front of it says, JFK wanted to go to the moon, but he conveniently died just before. How closely have you looked at the moon lately? And then the back of the shirt has a picture of JFK's face on the moon. And it says, wake up, America, www.jfkistrappedinthemoon.com. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I kind of need the shirt now. <laughs> it was too funny not to share. So, anyway, <laughs> thank you, turtle. Um, and oh, all of the conspiracy theories I've heard, that's the funnest. That's the best one. Wake up America. <laughs> oh man. Um, my second announcement very quickly is a shout out to our local shelter, which is Colonial Capital Humane Society. They are raising money always for, you know, dogs. Life of a nonprofit. <laughs> Um, They're actually building, they're in the process of building new facilities where they will have indoor kennels for the dogs, because right now all the dogs are outside, and we're in the south, and it's very hot. Although, conveniently, the weather is how we ended up with Scooby, because he was a cold weather foster (laughs) that we were supposed to take just until the cold front passed. Um, Anyways, so uh, my best friend Jenna is selling stickers to raise money, and they're very cute, and I have one on my podcasting notebook. There are four stickers, and they are these really cute artist renderings of shelter dogs. There's Wilson, Beck, Leah, and River. Wilson is actually adopted. He's Jenna's dog, but he has a very sad and heartwarming story. Beck, Leah, and River have been at the shelter for the longest. They've been there for, like, years. Anyways, if you're interested in um, contributing to a good cause and you want some cute stickers... They are $5 a piece, or they are 4 for 15 
Shipping is 50 cents because that's how much a stamp costs. (laughs) And um, we're going to put the link in the show notes and also on the Instagram. But um, I'm basically just going to put Jenna's Instagram handle, which is at Jenna E63. And you can message her um, if you want to place an order or uh, if you have questions or if you just want pictures of some really cute dogs. She has a thousand dogs. And that's it for announcements. <laughs> I didn't write that out, and I feel like I should have scripted it a little better. <laughs> All good. All right. Are you ready? So we're talking about the Headless Horseman. This is my offering to the listeners to apologize for giving you two very long history episodes at the beginning of spooky season. So this is extra spooky. Okay. So the Headless Horseman in... American culture is most famously from Washington Irving's short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which was written in 1820 or was published in 1820. Did you know that it is based allegedly on a true story, sort of, a little bit? Uh, the best urban legends are. Well, <laughs> so it takes place in the real town of Sleepy Hollow, which is in New York. It's just north of the city which I kind of expected it to be further north, but it's not. I feel like that's something that I knew, but also I thought it was Massachusetts. Look, we've got a little spider friend hanging from the microphone. (gasps) Oh, we do. We're just going to leave him there. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't know what you were looking at. Terrified me. Good. (laughs) You shouldn't be afraid of me. I am really scared of you right now. Um, It takes place during the American Revolution, which is the late 1700s. And allegedly, it is based on the story of a Hessian soldier. Is that how you say that word? Hessian? Hessian? Probably be my guess. Okay, a German soldier. They were Germans who fought uh, with and for the British. And this soldier was decapitated by a cannonball. I'm sorry, Katie looks like she is... (laughs) Playing puppet master with a spider. Yeah, playing puppet master. I don't know where he went. Okay, well, it's probably on you now. Probably. He's a little guy. (laughs) I wish we recorded these sometimes. I mean, I don't because of how I look right now, but... (laughs) So it's based on the story of a Hessian soldier who was decapitated by a cannonball during the Battle of White Plains, which happened on October 28th, 1776. It's so metal. What? Decapitated by a cannonball? Yes. (laughs) Well, he didn't think so, Katie. He was really upset. He probably thought, oh my god, a cannonball's coming straight from my head. <laughs> and then nothing else. So his fellow soldiers carried his body off the battlefield, but they left his head because it was all mangled and gross from the cannonball. Or they there wouldn't be much head left. Or they couldn't find it. I don't know. But they carried his body off and they buried his body. And he was buried... In the cemetery of I think the... it would have turned into more skull confetti. <laughs> Ew. Gross. That should not be a callback that we make. <laughs> also, it was like also brain confetti, too. Yeah. Uh, he was the... <laughs> Soft, chewy inside. <laughs> My gosh, no one's going to listen to this episode. They're going to get this far and turn it off. According... <laughs> not even trying. According to Irving's story, the soldier... Rises from his grave, headless, and is searching for his missing head, sometimes carrying a jack-o'-lantern as a temporary head, which is what Jarek was supposed to be doing when he burst in here, but he forgot. 
I also like to think that maybe he came out of the grave and he was looking around and he saw a jack-o'-lantern because it was close to Halloween and was like, a face. This will do for now. This thing has eye holes. Maybe I can see out of them. (laughs) But I'm about to tell you about an even more terrifying headless horseman. This one is from Ireland. Hmm. And it is called the Doolahan. The Doolahan is a headless rider, usually male. He rides on a black horse and he carries his head around with him. However, he also has a grin that, quote, touches both sides of his head. I already hate. He has eyes that can see great distances, even in the dark, and he holds his head above his body so that he can, like, look around, and he's always looking. Kind of like a lantern. Kind of like a lantern. His head, the flesh of the head, is the color and consistency of moldy cheese. I also would imagine it is probably the same smell as moldy cheese. He uses a human spine as a whip, which I think is kind of badass. Sometimes he's not riding a horse. Hardcore goth. Right? (laughs) Really? I'm now, like, rethinking my whole costume for your Halloween party. (laughs) Um, Sometimes he's not riding a horse, but he is on a covered wagon that's pulled by six horses. On the wagon, there are candles in skulls. The the spokes of the wheels are made of thigh bones. I assume human thigh bones, but I other animals have thighs, I guess. And I mean, the, the femur is the strongest long bone of the body. It would body be the, the most practical mm-hmm. one. And the covering of the wagon is made of either worm-eaten pall, which is a casket covering, or dried human flesh. Very Ed Gain-y. Hardcore guy. Hardcore, right? So the, the Doolahan rides around, and whenever he stops, or wherever he stops, someone dies. And if he stops and he calls your name, bad sign, your soul will be pulled out of your body, and then you die. Don't think you can get away with just watching him, because if you watch the Doolahan pass by, you could be punished. By who? No idea. Didn't find that out. Not by the Doolahan? Uh, well, maybe by someone like you who can just curse people with your weird voodoo. The two kinds of punishment I found are a bucket of blood might be thrown in your face. <laughs> and then I just put, by whom? Carrie, seeking revenge? Probably. Or you could be struck blind in one eye. Hmm. Which... I mean, that could be for a number of reasons. You could have diabetic retinopathy. You could have untreated glaucoma. Really, really bad pink eye. Really, really bad pink eye. A corneal ulcer that just takes over the entire cornea. Um, There's a lot of things. Fungal infections. You know, fungal infections can actually render you blind. Like, if you get poked in the eye with a stick and you get a fungal infection from it, that's way worse than, like, a bacterial infection. I believe it. Bad news bears. And lose, lose your eyeballs. Or if you just watch a doula hand, you can also do that. Did you go over why he comes for people? Well, I'm going to go into what he, who he's based off of, which might tell okay. us. Uh, but good news. What's his motivation, you know? <laughs> like, for me to, like, you know, identify with this character, I need mm-hmm. to know a little bit more. What's his... Well, I will tell you uh, before you get 
too scared if you are looking for a way to scare him off. Okay. So there's solutions to the dual hand. There's one that I found. Uh, He does have an irrational fear of gold. And just a small amount could scare him off. So wear your gold jewelry, I guess. And the doula hand is the embodiment of an ancient Celtic god named Crum Dove, which I did look up how to pronounce ahead of time. Also, I just want to say, incredibly unhelpful for there to be pronunciation sites where it's like, how to pronounce this Celtic word in American. I know how to pronounce it in American. It's crom dub. I'm trying to find the correct way to pronounce it. Okay, so the crom dub was a mythical fertility god whose name means dark crooked one. And it's actually... I like it. <laughs> can, I, can I be that for Halloween? Uh, yes. I mean, I'm feeling <laughs> exceptionally fertile these days. This is true. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story about it, though, so... Wait until you hear the story to decide if you want to be it. So it's based on a pagan god called Krom Kruok. And I'm assuming that the Krom Dove is just like the more mythical version of this pagan god. Um, And here's a fun story. So according to legend, the 6th century priest, St. Canis, also known as St. Kenneth, also known as St. Kenny. (laughs) Uh, so St. Kenny, I don't know what he was doing, but one night he saw a whole bunch of demons flying by all in the same direction. And so naturally he flagged one of them down and was like, Hey, where are you guys going? There's a special at Denny's. <laughs> Cause Denny's is hell. Oh, gosh. Not Sears. a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Except for real Denny's. If you're listening, we will take your money if, if you're offering So he stopped a demon. He's like, where are y'all going? And so the demon is like, oh. There's a party at the (laughs) Sigma Chi house, bro. Let's go. Kind of. He was like, oh, Crumb Dove just died. And we are going to collect his soul and take it to hell. So St. Kenny's like, okay, let me know how it goes. (laughs) Bye-bye, boys. (laughs) Goodbye. Have fun storming the castle. Good luck with the reaping. (laughs) So sometime later, it says the single demon returned. I'm going to assume the rest of them maybe came back. But the one demon comes back. But this time he is somehow limping and also maybe flying. I don't know. He was flying before. He's limping now. Crumdiff put his soul put up a fight. (laughs) And so St. Kenny's like, oh, how'd how'd it go? What happened? And he says, you'll never believe this. We we went to collect Crumb Dove's soul. But right when we were about to take it, St. Patrick showed up with a whole bunch of saints. And they, they drove us away. And apparently Crumb Dove became a Christian. It, it literally said, it turned out that Crumb Dove's good deeds actually outweighed his bad deeds so he got to go to heaven with the saints (laughs) ah the joy of the last minute confession or or the 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 deathbed uh what's the word conversion conversion yep which i would like to point out i don't know that there's a denomination of christianity where that is how it works (laughs) 
that you're a pagan god, and if you do more good things than bad things, then you get to go to heaven. I mean, you still have to actively say, <laughs> JK, I do believe in God and heaven, and, and I I'm also do not a- believe he's my lord and savior, even though I'm a different type of ethereal entity. <laughs> yeah, I made the assumption that he... Switching teams, guys! <laughs> I made the assumption sorry, that he... Sorry, sorry. Became... <laughs> he became a born-again Christian at the end of his life. <laughs> but so... if he's truly a god, gods don't die. Uh, well, I would... I would Apparently di- they do. I would direct you to Disney's production of Hercules, in which... Something um, I don't know. That's a theme. Hercules dies. He's not a god. He was a demigod. Yeah, I'm sure Crom Dove is also that. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Do you still want to be Crom Dove for Halloween? I mean, up until he dies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be the one demon that is just talking to Saint Kenny. And Jenny. Oh my gosh, Jared can be Saint, Saint Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> found our couple's costume. Bikini from South Park. <laughs> Bikini. <laughs> With a halo. What if, because Jarek already has the bolts. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. It does look kind of like a monk. <laughs> we could get a monk's robe with the hood up but then pull the strings on it. Oh my gosh, this is too much fun. This okay. is off the rails, y'all. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna tell you about the actual pagan god. That... Yeah, I'm gonna go to, for Halloween. I'd like to be a pagan god that died and went to heaven. <laughs> and I'm gonna be the demon that got my ass kicked by... My soul, Saint Patrick, has it refused to get <laughs> reaped into hell. I'm now picturing. Have you ever? Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like this is very niche, but have uh, like you know how um, churches will do like big, like they'll they'll it'll be like an amphitheater, and it'll be some big event. There'll be lots of like bands and stuff there. I'm trying to think of the one that I went to in college. It was in Greensboro, like a revival. Kind of, but like the the modern uh, Baptist version, not the tent kind. Anyways, sometimes they do really dramatic skits that are supposed to be, you know, like metaphors for stuff. Mm-hmm. And I am now imagining uh, the Crom Dove skit <laughs> where the demons are coming to take him. Set to Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> Listen, here, picture this. All of the demons are, like, pouncing on him, and then just his hand reaches up, and then who's there to take his hand? Jesus. And Cromdov's like, I believe in you, or I don't know. I've been in this skit in oh. my church before. Okay. It was, in fact, set to Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> but instead of Cromdov, it was, like, sins it was you know drinking and drugs and promiscuity and everything what part did you play all of them (laughs) you were just all the various sins i've been in this skit more than once my friend well fair then i lived the skit (laughs) 
Cheers, darlings. As is evidence with... I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say something about your baby, but... Me being knocked up? (laughs) Three years into your marriage. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Who wants to hear about Krom Kruok? I do. I do. Okay, great. So Krom Kruok, according to a 12th century poem... And that's who Krom Dove was based on? Based off of, yeah. So I think Krom Kruok is like the actual pagan god, and Krom Dove was like kind of a mythicized version of him. So Krom Kruok is who I want to be for Halloween then? Yes, but again, wait until St. Patrick's going to come into it again. So if... He's just everywhere. Shelton could be St. Patrick, that. He would make a good St. Patrick. He's very uh, Irish looking. I don't know. He's. You know what? I take it back. Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I guess he's graduated from mm, looks like suspected murderer to looks like St. Patrick. Hey, a year and a half later. <laughs> Your husband has graduated. Oh, man. It's a good thing he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Okay, Krom Kruk, according to a 12th century poem, is known to give milk and grain in exchange for just a small sacrifice, uh, specifically your firstborn child. But if you want... Pretty standard. Milk and grain. I mean, that's cereal. That's breakfast. I mean, you can do so many things with that. You can make oatmeal. You could... Make bread. uh, Make bread, probably. You could have a bowl of cereal. Yogurt. Yogurt. Lots of things. So, you do have to give up your firstborn child, but then you get milk and grain. Cake. <laughs> you, well, it, to get the eggs and the other stuff, you gotta, you gotta give some other things. From, to a different person, but I'm not worried about that Oh, right okay, now. okay, okay. Like, Just, I mean, my firstborn is making me want cake all the time. <laughs> Fun. I told you that I went and bought the cake. I finished it this past week. <laughs> this past week, and I'm not necessarily proud of that. So the idol that represented Krom Kruk was described, is described, as a gold figure. Don't really know what he looks like, but he's surrounded by 12 stones or bronze figures. And some think that this possibly represents the sun surrounded by the 12 zodiac signs. However, St. Patrick comes into this again. St. Patrick allegedly destroyed the idol of Krom Kruk with a sledgehammer. But there's another version that says St. Patrick comes upon the idol and raises his crozier, his staff with the... I know that um, word. I think it's the one with the the snakes on it. The one that's like the medical sign. Uh, Asclepius. Sure. Asclepius, I think. Uh, But it's only one snake, I believe. Okay. So there's there's two staffs in Greek mythology, one with snakes. One has one snake, the other has two. Um, actually, I think Asclepius does have two snakes, mm-hmm. and Hermes has one, but is often pictured with two, which is incorrect. <laughs> it's very confusing. Well, like in adap- modern adaptations of things, oh. like Disney's Hercules. That's uh, historically accurate, actually. I'm going to fact check some things about right, Asclepius well, and everything. Guess but what? You, you're going to have to slide into the DMs on Instagram, and you just told me that you're not logged into the Instagram on your new phone. So what you going to do? Pull out my old phone. <laughs> okay. 
got me there. So St. Patrick raises his staff and the idol falls to the ground face down. And then the demon that was inhabiting the idol comes out. And uh, unfortunately, this one does not get the chance to do a last rites confession. And St. Patrick does curse it to hell. So Krom Kruak... I guess is... So he does go to hell. In one version, yes. But then in another version, I guess he was good enough. Or, I don't know. It feels it feels like maybe St. Patrick should have come and, like, ministered to him. And, like, con- like converted him. Anyway. By the way. Okay. I was initially right. About what? Um, the rod of Asclepius mm-hmm. is just one snake. Okay. And he is son of Apollo and the god of medicine. Wow. I really half-assed that one. It's a cool-looking staff. It looks like it has half of a starfish. Oh, it is really cool. Right? All right. Well, sorry, everyone. I was wrong. It's just a regular funny-looking staff. It's not the serpent kind. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you... (laughs) We're going to switch gears a little bit. So we were in Ireland. We're going to take a little quick hop and a skip. And we're going to end up in Scotland. And I'm going to tell you the story of Ewan the Headless. Which is another headless horseman. Awesome. Um, And I did kind of take two different stories of Ewan the Headless from a source called Scott's Magazine. Scott with one T, not a guy named Scott's Magazine. And a site called scottclans.com. Okay. So according to the story, in the 14th century, there were two branches of the same clan. They were the McLean of Duart clan, led by Lachlan the Wiley. And there was the McLean clan of Lochbui, led by... By John? (laughs) No. Led by Hector, the, the stern... And Hector and Lachlan were brothers. So there's the McLeans and the McLeans. I'm Team McLean. Die hard. Well, okay. <laughs> You've chosen your side. So I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> so, I don't want to side with the bad guy this time. So Hector the Stern of the McLeans that Katie is a fan of had a son named Ewan. And Ewan was called Ewan with the small head. <laughs> Because he wasn't very bright. It reminds me of uh, Jeff Foxworthy's redneck dictionary thing. (laughs) European. Hey, man, European on my boots. (laughs) It's the same thing. It's like uh, talking about your kids versus mine kids. Urine and Mayan. (laughs) Yeah, that's not really the same. Country roots. (laughs) But Ewan, Ewan with the small head. (laughs) Ewan with the small head. Ewan over there. (laughs) Okay, so Ewan and his wife begin at some point badgering Hector, uh, his father, about the inheritance that they're going to receive. And Hector is very annoyed, and Ewan is very persistent and argumentative. And at one point... They argue so much that Ewan hits his father on the head with his sword, like just kind of a whap, a whap and then storms off. Hector is like, what the fuck? So he talks to his brother, Lachlan, and he tells him about it. And Lachlan is like, 
pissed off. He's like, your son can't do that. Disrespect. Disrespectful. And so he challenges you into a battle to, I guess, restore the honor of the family or something. So the day before the battle, Ewan is walking through the forest and he spots a fairy known as a Benia. And according to legend, seeing a Benia is not a great omen. Also, I believe she is the uh, kind of cousin of the Banshee. Mm-hmm. And there's also some kind of loophole and Ewan knows about the loophole. So he sees this Benia and he sneaks up on her. It gets a little weird. She's, she's at the uh, Creek or whatever, washing clothes. And he sneaks up behind her and he starts nursing at her breast and says, I'm your firstborn son. So she grants him a wish, obviously. And because Ewan has a small head and doesn't really think things through. He wishes for her to tell him the outcome of tomorrow's battle. Seems like unless there was a lot of really strict rules, he could have maybe just asked for anything else. I wish to win tomorrow's battle. Yeah. But he didn't ask that. He just said, maybe he said, will I win? Question mark. And she's never had a magic eight ball before. (laughs) That's what he thinks this is. It's magic eight boob. <laughs> That's good. So the Bindia replies, if tomorrow morning you are given butter with your porridge without asking, then you will be victorious. And Ewan doesn't like this answer and he storms off and curses her, which is not a good idea. So the following morning, Ewan and his men are waiting for their breakfast, and when it is served, there is no butter. I mean, I've had a bad meal at Benihana's before, too. I just left a, you know, bad Yelp review. Well, also, who's eating their porridge with butter? Brown sugar and cinnamon is how you eat the porridge. I'm assuming porridge and oatmeal are the same thing. Are they not? I have no idea. Okay. Probably. I mean, I, I think... I think they're more related than, like, oatmeal and grits, but I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I guess if it's grits, you what, do. Yeah, if it's grits, you definitely want butter. Butter don't and want salt. cinnamon and sugar and ugh. Butter and salt and bacon would be good. So Ewan sits and he waits and he waits because he's not going to ask for the butter. And he waits and he waits and no one brings out any butter. Meanwhile, he's making all of his men wait with him. He's like, no one can eat. We have to wait. And they all got slaughtered while they sat there waiting for their butter. (laughs) Not quite. Butter never comes. And so he gets up and he yells something angry about how, you know, servants are worthless. He storms out, makes all his men come with him, and no one has eaten breakfast. So they're all weak and hungry and can't fight. So they go into this battle. And in the middle of the battle, when Ewan sees that they are losing, he recklessly, or desperately charges into the thickest part of the fight. While there, a soldier catches him just at the right height and cuts his head off. Nice. However, there is another version that says just the top of his head was cut off. Just the tip. Just the tip. And that he was able to get back on his horse and was like riding away before he died. I guess just, I don't know. So he got scalped? I guess, but the scalping that wouldn't kill you, right? You have. I think it does. 
No, it doesn't. No, no, you're right. It doesn't. You just, I mean, usually I think they, they kill you some other way and then they scalp you for like trophies, trophies, (laughs) bragging rights and stuff. I like the version where he gets his head cut clean off because that makes more sense. Also, it fits more into today's stylized lore of a headless horseman anyway. Yeah. Also, spoiler alert, Ewan's going to become a ghost and... Well, that's usually what happens to people after they die. How stupid would a ghost be? You know, like, there's, like, the headless horseman and there's Ewan that just has, like, a flat head because the top part's missing. Hey, be careful. You're coming dangerously close to making fun of nearly headless Nick here, okay? Oh, no, I love nearly headless Nick. He was... Tread lightly, my friend. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs) So, headless Ewan. Now, the horse that he's on is, like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, what just happened? So his... I want to get me some butter with my <laughs> porridge, damn it. Right. So the horse runs off. At some point, Ewan falls off. His men recover the body and they bury him. There is this one little part of the legend that says <laughs> when Ewan's favorite hunting dog saw his headless body, I guess he was so stressed out or frightened that all of his fur fell out. Poor puppy. I know. It said all of the hair fell out of his body. It was like, so he got mange. He got stress-induced mange. So horrible. Then legend says, there's two versions again. One is that whenever a member of the Lochbui McLeans, which is the one, like Ewan's family, whenever one of them dies, that Ewan the Headless is near, ready to harvest their souls. But another version says that there is a headless rider, Ewan, who is out for vengeance on the Macleans of Duart and attacks those that he encounters at night. In the stories that I read, he att- he attacks, uh, like he attacked a guy and he had to, the guy had to fight him off with a dirk in one hand, which is a giant knife, and holding on to a sapling with the other hand. And that was the only way he was, like, holding onto this tiny baby tree and, like, fighting off this ghost with a knife in the other hand. I mean, I'd probably sheath the dirk and just smack him with the sapling. Those things hurt. Also, he all he had to do was wait for sunrise, and then you had to go away, as per ghost law says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I ever go to law school, I'm definitely studying ghost law. Ghost. It's, I mean, it's slightly harder than bird law, but... Um, not that, I mean, comes in handy more, I think, in our line of work. So also you famously hate birds. So I'm not representing, I'm not representing a bird. Conflict of interest all over the place. So I'll be a bird prosecutor. By the way. You picked my client's eye out on purpose, you little bird mother. I'm not going to say it so that Jared can't even bleep it. I'm not even going to give the caw noise. Have you heard the conspiracy theory that birds aren't real? Um. <laughs> I've, I've heard of it. I haven't heard the actual theory. but I think, uh, based on my very preliminary research, the idea is that all birds were eliminated in, like, 1975 and replaced by drones. <laughs> so all birds are drones. I'm going to end <laughs> with a bonus category. I'm going to call it actually... Horseless headman? <laughs> sort of. A headman does come up. Is this like Bloody Bones and what's his face? No. Okay. Sorry. Um, this is actual science. And this is about lucid decapitation. Okay. Which is... Well, I'll just tell you. Okay. So this is based off an article 
from How Stuff Works, which is written by Josh Clark. Uh, there's also a How Stuff Works podcast episode featuring Josh Clark, the host, one of the hosts, um, about this idea. There was a molecular biologist named Francis Crick who developed what he called the astonishing hypothesis, which says that all human consciousness is a result of electrical activity in our brain's neural networks. This means technically we can determine consciousness based on brain waves. And so in 2011, a university in the Netherlands, whose name I can't pronounce, set out to determine if decapitation was a humane way to euthanize lab rats. So they did this by connecting the rats to an EEG and then cutting their little heads off. Basically measuring the brain activity post-decapitation. Yep. You want to guess how many seconds after decapitation they found consciousness? Isn't it several minutes? No, that's chickens. Oh. It's four seconds. Okay. But, count to four. Yeah. And look around. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. There are some examples, historically, of this idea that after your head leaves your body, you have a certain period of time where you're not immediately dead. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over some of those. The first two are King Charles I and Anne Boleyn. Um, King Charles was executed in 1649 and Anne Boleyn, sorry, Queen Anne Boleyn, was executed in 1536. And both historically were reported to have shown signs of trying to speak after their heads were separated. Which can't do because vocal cords and Mm -hmm. stuff. In 1793, a woman named Charlotte Corday was executed by the guillotine in France, and she was a like a political criminal or something. And so after her head came off, the executioner picked up her head and slapped her, which, rude. But allegedly, her cheeks flushed and her face showed, quote, unequivocal marks of indignation. She was, I mean, not the best thing to end on Hmm. and then in 1905 uh this guy named dr hold on it's a french name bureau i'm gonna spell it for you b-e-a-u-r-i-e-u-x no one gave me a first name so all i have is i don't know either i'm gonna call him the doctor yeah that french dude (laughs) that french doctor uh, 1905, he conducted an experiment on a criminal named Henry Lenguel, Leng, whatever, Henry, who was set to be executed. So after Henry's, and I have no idea if Henry consented to this or not. They were just like, you're a prisoner, so you, this is- You're sentenced ex- to death. This is we an don't, You don't get to choose. <laughs> this is an experiment. So Henry's head was removed from his body, and the doctor recorded the following, quote, The eyelids and lips of the guillotined man worked in irregular rhythmic contractions for about five or six seconds. I waited for several seconds. The spasmodic movements ceased. The face relaxed. The lids half closed on the eyeballs, leaving only the white of the conjunctiva visible, exactly as in the dying whom we have occasion to see every day in the exercise of our profession, or as in those just dead. It was then that I called in a strong, sharp voice, Lenguil! 
and I saw the eyelids slowly lift up without any spasmodic contractions. Next, Langille's eyes very definitely fixed themselves on mine, and the pupils focused themselves. After several seconds, the eyelids closed again, slowly and evenly, and the head took on the same appearance as it had before I called out. It was at that point that I called out again, and once more, without any spasm, slowly the eyelids lifted and undeniably living eyes fixed themselves on mine with perhaps even more penetration than the first time. Then there was a further closing of the eyelids, but now less complete. I attempted the effect of a third call. There was no further movement, and the eyes took on the glazed look which they have in the dead. And this uh, apparently lasted between 25 and 35 seconds. So he got this guy to focus on him. Still not sure it's, like, actual consciousness. More just, like... Yeah. I think any facial movements twitches anything like the spasmodic movements i think is literally just you probably do still have electrical impulses firing in your brain Mm -hmm. and it's probably very confused because like holy crap we just lost communication with 90 (laughs) percent of us so everything move we got to see what systems are still in place Mm -hmm. and uh as everything is very quickly shutting down. Yeah. And like, I'm it's like doing morbid. a final systems check. <laughs> I'm very morbidly interested in, because they talked about how like, obviously you're going to die, but like you lose consciousness so quickly because your brain suddenly loses basically all of the p- blood pressure. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's part of me that's like, well, <laughs> what if like you cut, the head off, but then, like, like the blades stayed there and kind of kept... Like the magician cutting the lady in half yeah. trick, where the blade stays in so you can't see her insides, they don't spill out. Yeah. I mean, wh- I don't know. I don't want to think too much about it. <laughs> now that now I am thinking about it, but, like, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, I have one more. And, <laughs> and this is all just to go to show you that, um, you know, Headless Horseman real is a real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw one tonight. You did. In my backyard. I mean, he's not headless yet, but he will be later. <laughs> also, he wasn't on a horse. Yeah. Although, he is kind of a horse man because he mm-hmm. uh, used to work with horses a lot. Yep. Uh, and he has the hoof, the, that hoof that he's really self-conscious about. <laughs> That's why he's always wearing shoes. <laughs> um, okay. In 1989... An army veteran was riding in a taxi with his friend, and they were very tragically hit by a truck. The friend was decapitated in the accident, and the army vet reported the following of his friend. Quote, his mouth opened and closed no less than two times. The facial expressions he displayed were first of shock or confusion, followed by terror or grief. Which is, to me, the most... Again, like, <laughs> systems being like, we just lost contact. What is going on? Oh, sh- we're dying. Yep. That sucks. Yeah. Which, I know it's only a few seconds, but, like, mm-hmm. anything where... Any kind of, like, stressful, like, situation like that, yeah. time stretches. Like, yes. seconds last a long time. Yeah. And, I mean... As, as I've said multiple times, grief makes you do crazy things. Yeah. It also makes you see and hear things sometimes. So, like, this 
this person seeing his buddy decapitated, like, that is an extremely traumatic thing, and to process it, like, I'm not saying that he didn't see that. I'm not saying that the head did not move and did not, you know, display expressions. Right. I don't know if those were... Conscious. If If they were just facial movements of, like, this, the spasmodic twitching and his, you know, his friend, his mind interpreted it as shock and confusion to grief and terror. Yes. To reflect his own shock and confusion and grief and terror. Because he was probably like, what the hell just happened? Oh my gosh. Processing now that my friend's head is not on his body. Terrified and sad. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, I, for some reason, all I can think about is in the Oceans episode, the uh, Bifurd Dolphin experiment, how... I think because we assume that when you get your head cut off, it's, like, instant death and you don't have time to register, like, fear or pain or anything. And I was thinking, oh, what a, uh, how nice, not how nice, but, like, I don't know. When the the explosive decompression happened, Mm -hmm. basically it happened so quickly and they were literally torn apart that, like, you literally have no time to register what's happening or be scared or feel pain. I really don't like the idea that if your head gets cut off, you do have a little bit of... <laughs> you do have a little bit of A couple of moments of time to register pain. <sighs> so, anyways, that's the Headless Horseman. That's my spooky start. And I promise that next week's will also be spooky. I also promise that we will not have any more jump scares. You might not have any plans. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm regretting this so much. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like such a good idea last night. I also had a lot of whiskey last night, so... And you're the one who's always teasing me about and calling me a psychopath. I'm going to text your husband after this. <laughs> I'm like, text me when Katie gets home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate this. I'm just going to sit here and tent my fingers. Okay. Well, I am going to make you tell everyone where <laughs> they can find us on social media. We are on Instagram at the Tales We Tell podcast. That's where we put all of our fun photos and uh, other goodies from throughout the week. And uh, hopefully also those pictures of the cute dog stickers. Yes. And if you are not into the social media but still want to see any pictures and fun things that we post you can go to our website the tales we tell podcast.com all of our instagram feed is shared there if you want to support us get some sweet sweet merch you can go to redbubble.com and search the tales we tell or you can be an even better regular supporter (laughs) not better just a regular supporter (laughs) become a patron of our art <laughs> at this Patreon. Uh, just patreon.com slash the Tales We Tell podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. So, funny story. Okay. It's allergy season. <laughs> yes. I have really bad allergies. And so I've been waking up and also going to bed congested and being congested any given day. Also, pregnancy rhinitis is a thing. Ah. So it's like, "Mm, am I stuffy because allergies or because baby? (laughs) No, anyone's guess. And so this morning I was reading my book on my phone in bed, which Mm -hmm. sometimes makes my eyes water staring at a screen like that. Mm -hmm. 
So my eyes were a little watery. My face was puffy. I was super congested. And Sheldon was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, just, you know, the screen makes my eyes water. You know, puffy from congestion. He's like, yeah, you look, you must be really congested. God, Sheldon. (laughs) I'm not one of those people that, like, gets super, you know, offended or sensitive about it. I'm sensitive about everything else. Yeah. But I like to mess with him. (laughs) And so I was like, did you just call me ugly? (laughs) And I just, like, he knows that I'm teasing him. Right. Uh, But... (laughs) kept going with it and he's like no i just said you look congested and like it's a fun little game uh-huh. until oh, i no. guess hormones took over <laughs> <laughs> and i was both laughing and crying oh, at the same no. time i was like actively sobbing and giggling <laughs> all at once i i didn't know what was going on and oh, every now God. and then like i'd stop <laughs> and i'd get a little bit of composure and then i'd be like wow, that was ridiculous. I'm going <laughs> to laugh at myself. And as soon as I started laughing, I started crying again. Oh, no. <laughs> and, oh, and then every time I'd look at him, I'd start doing like the ugly cry face. <laughs> and then I realized how ridiculous I must look and be acting right now. So it made me laugh. It's just, it was, it was a true fit of giggle sobs. <laughs> the best kind. <laughs> and it's just like, and so it begins. <laughs> I am crazy. Jarek and I always like to reference that video of the little girl who's um, crying and her mom's like trying to, like, she's telling her, like, you can't do something, you're crying. She's like, I'm not crying, I'm laughing. She's like, you're laughing. She's like, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. 